Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, hello, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast. I am Charlie McMahon, and if you have been with us, you know that we have been in a series of thoughts around integrating the book Driven by Dr. Doug Brackman and Randy Kelly and the Sermon on the Mount, particularly the Beatitudes. And uh, this has been exciting for me because I love the simplicity of the Sermon on the Mount that the whole call on how to live as a part of the movement of Christ in the world is condensed in these chapters of Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But then overlaying that with the truths unveiled by Doug Brackman about those of us who are driven, those of us who are driven. And to review that, driven is essentially an unpacking of those of us who have what he calls about 10% of us in the population have this D2, D4 allele layover, holdover, foldover from a time when hunting was really our culture. We have this hunter mutation. We are mutants. We have a makeup that is a leftover from a culture that was not agricultural, was pre-agricultural, and it relied upon the skills, the alertness of hunting. And all that comes with that, a visual acuity, an alertness to danger, a candidly living in fear so as to do what needs to be done to make the community survive. And I'm one of those. I score very high on this. I mentioned a number of podcasts ago that I came across this because Doug Brackman was on a podcast with Ben Chrisfield and BenChrisfieldFitness.com in which he unpacked this driven characteristic that has been seen in culture through kids with ADD, ADHD, uh, those of us who are are obsessive by nature, and we focus really heavily and heartily on one thing at a time. We uh, have a drive to get better. We have a drive to make what we're a part of better. And it was so insightful. It was so insightful because I've never had a piece of writing that unpacked me so clearly. The chapter on shame is huge. It, as much as I've read and studied and tried to learn everything I can about shame, this chapter was illuminating with regard to shame. And that, that many of us who have this characteristic uh, are constantly trying to be fixed by a culture that is largely agricultural now. It's made up of what he calls farmers, which is about settling and managing what is, not expanding to what is not. And so I found it very illuminating, but so I, what I wanted to do with this series of podcasts was to then, oh, let's overlay this on Jesus' call to what it means to be uh, a citizen of his enterprise. That's when we talk about the word kingdom, we're talking about the enterprise of God, of heaven coming to earth. And one of the images that uh, Doug Brackman uses in the book Driven 
at the end of chapter 4, which I love, is pertinent because I'm recording this coming off of Elio Castroneves' fourth IndyCar win at the Indianapolis 500 on Memorial Day weekend. And I love IndyCar. I'm, I just love everything about it. I love the technology. I love the, the, the cars. I love the, the, the precise teamwork that is required of an IndyCar for it to win. And uh, this, the precision is phenomenal at speeds of up to 240 miles an hour. But in the book, he mentions that as an allegory, as a metaphor for those of us who are driven. Highly driven people need the right environment and the right design for their high-powered drive. Envision what we would call an Indy car, race car. If you put this supercharged machine on a downtown street, you're going to get into trouble. Take that same race car and put it on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and it's a perfect fit. Understanding your drive is the key to overcoming and avoiding, and I would fill in there, addiction, unhealthy obsession, destruction, crashes. You want to put your gifts in the right environment, an environment in which a driven individual can thrive. And this is really pertinent because many of us as drivens, or if you're married to one, or if you have one as a child, we find ourselves crashing a lot. We find ourselves crashing into people a lot. Most of the time we walk around feeling like we're just a nuisance. We're really uh, the person that the organization would be better off if we weren't a part of it. I know I've, uh, most, of, most of ministry I've felt that way because I'm a hunter in uh, what is typically a very farmer culture, the, a church. And so while people want what is produced by hunters, they don't actually want the process that it takes to get there. And I'm thinking about this because why I have to, and you have to, if you're a driven, you have to meditate and pray, is it slows your engine. It slows your engine. Even an Indy car has to learn to navigate the turns so that it doesn't crash. It has to surrender to aerodynamic laws of nature. It has to be able to adjust its wings. It has to go in for pit stops. Real interesting thing on this, as we're overlaying this with the Sermon on the Mount, is the last of the Beatitudes says in Matthew 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted because they're so driven. That's not what it says, is it? They're persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now remember, the Beatitudes aren't, this is how you should live. The Beatitudes are, if you find yourself in this circumstance, you're really a potential recipient of the reign of God and the promises and blessings that come with that. So Jesus is looking at people who are driven in his group. Certainly, James, Peter, James, and John fit into that category. And he's saying, those of you who are driven, make sure that the reason you're persecuted is because of righteousness, not because of recklessness. You see, a lot of times I can bemoan the fact that, oh my gosh, nobody likes me. I seem to be just a bother to everybody. That's not a virtuous reason to be persecuted because I'm a jerk. 
I was in a meeting yesterday in which I was frustrated, and I, I detest it when my frustration comes out. And it came out in about a four-minute rant, um, when, in which I actually quoted J- Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men, and which was really self-righteous to do that. And so I imagine, I can imagine that there were people within that meeting shaking their heads going, we're following him? We're trusting him? Because it was, it was a rant. It was a, it was a careless, reckless rant. It was in the turns I was going 245 miles an hour with my words. I didn't cuss, but I went borderline on keeping it in the track. Make sure... If I'm, going to make sh- if I'm going to be persecuted, if I'm going to be opposed, if I'm going to be criticized, as a driven, I want to make sure it's because of righteousness. Because I'm swimming in the wrong way on the current. That the current of culture is swimming this way. I'm swimming against that because of, because of Christ and his right way to live. Not because I'm reckless. As a matter of fact, if you lead well, there are so many people impacts at stake that you have to make sure that you are meditating and praying so that you learn to soften your engine. You learn to take the RPMs down. You take your foot off the gas. You don't power up when you're frustrated. You you learn to gear down. Jesus is saying, blessed are you who are attacked because of your stand for what is right. You're harassed. Maybe even your life is at a detriment because you refuse to be compliant with what is wrong. That's a good reason to be criticized. He's a matter of fact, he says, you're in good company. You're in really good company. When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me... He says, rejoice and be glad. Your, your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they have persecuted the people who came before you and stood for what was right. That's a good reason. Because you're a Jesus freak and you stand for high character and ideals and nobility. You stand for the claim that Christ came into the world for, for, for love and for sacrifice, but not because your foot was on the pedal too hard. So here's what I would say to many of us today. First of all, if you've crashed into other people with whom you lead and work because you had too much overzealous driven octane going through your engine and coming out, apologize. Go to them and say, I'm sorry. I, I may have been right in what I said or not, but I know my zealousness was off base. It was reckless. I am after this podcast, later this afternoon, I'm going to write an apology to our team to say, listen, I, I, was, I was out of bounds there. I hit the wall on that one. Number two is make sure you get quiet every day. Around Southbrook, we talk about the five S's, solitude, scripture, service, support, significant events. And the reason for Drivens who lead, it is an absolute necessity to get quiet around prayer and scripture is because it gives us control over our high-octane engines. And if not, we'll cause crashes that aren't necessary. Crashes are going to happen when you lead because you're going to stand for 
the bigger ideals of your organization. You're going to stand for the reality of keeping an organization going that causes you to make decisions that that cost other people. It, it's, it's going to happen. Make sure that's the reason why you're opposed, not because you were reckless in the turns, because you haven't learned to quiet your engine. So today, apologize if you need to, clean up the wrecks. But number two, before you do that, make sure you're getting quiet. You're breathing and praying. Pray through the Sermon on the Mount, or excuse me, the Lord's Prayer that's in the Sermon on the Mount. Get quiet and say, be still and know that he is God, not you. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McNamara. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.